Father, as we continue to think about what it means to walk through challenging times, we pray that you would uh, use Job to help us. We pray for your wisdom, for your understanding. We pray that you would help us see things differently and that you would show us how to walk well with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every so often my phone flashes up uh, memories of times uh, and events gone by, showing me pictures of holidays or special occasions from the past. And this week it flashed up pictures, they're about four years ago now, of a wonderful snowy anniversary trip to the Lake District. We were staying at the Horswater Hotel, which is a really kind of atmospheric, um, you feel a bit like you're on an Agatha Christie set. It's very kind of 1930s and it's set in a, a wild and an empty valley. Many of the photos which my phone throws up at the moment remind me of times past when, uh, when we could meet with friends, when we uh, wanted to, when we could go on holiday or drive out to a cafe in the country, times when we didn't have to remember uh, to always have a face mask in our pocket before we left the house. Do you, do you remember those days? How I long for the months gone by. That's Job, not me. That's Job from our reading. But they're words uh, which any of us could say, I guess, at the moment. How I long for the months gone by, says Job, for the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone on my head and by his light I walked through darkness. Oh, for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house, when the Almighty was still with me and my children were around me, when my path was drenched with cream and the rock poured out for me streams of olive oil. How often have you looked back recently or at other difficult times in your life and longed, like Job, for better days, for happier days, for healthier days. We began a new sermon series last week, looking at what the Bible has to say about suffering, how we can walk well through COVID and other times of challenge. We're in the Old Testament book of Job and as David told us last week Job is best understood as a parable a parable written about two and a half thousand years ago and that fact reminds us that the question of suffering and how to face it is nothing new and this morning we're looking at the character of Job himself now, Job, he gets a lot wrong. He curses the day he was born. He challenges God's wisdom. He complains bitterly and expresses deep doubts. And yet at the very end of the book, God commends and blesses Job. He calls Job my servant and declares that unlike his friends and so-called comforters, 
Job has spoken truth. So what does Job get right? What can we learn from him? How can Job help us to walk well through COVID and through difficult seasons in our lives? Well, I want to focus on two particular things, pursuit and encounter, pursuit and encounter. Job pursues God and he encounters him. And it's what happens through that pursuit and encounter that reveals why Job is such a good walking companion through life's dark valleys. So firstly, pursuit. Job pursues God. He never lets God go. Job holds on to God even if at times it's only by his very fingertips. He persists even when God appears to be silent, even when God appears to be absent. Job never rules God out of the equation. Writing about his young wife's diagnosis of a brain tumour, Pete Gregg of 24-7 Prayer, he describes how one morning he asked Sammy if she ever doubted God's existence or his power to intervene. Sammy was back in hospital after a particularly vicious epileptic attack and without hesitation she replied, no, I never doubt God these days, Pete. How can I doubt God? God is all I've got. Going on, Pete Gregg writes, as she prepared for surgery, enduring inner turmoil, Sammy's belief in God's existence, love and power proved resolute. In fact, her belief grew stronger in spite of such profound disappointment and unanswered prayer. She understood better than me that our hope in the face of suffering is not to reject God, but to trust him even more. When we face pain and suffering, Job encourages us to hold on to God, to keep God in the equation, because frankly, as Job and Sammy and countless men and women of faith know, there is nowhere else to go. Of course, we can let go of God altogether. We can turn our backs on him, but Personally, suffering with God, despite all the questions that raises, is better than suffering without God. With God, there is hope. Without God, there is nothing. God is all we've got. Job pursues God. He holds on. His pursuit is full of anger, demands and questions. Job tells it as it is, or at least how it feels, expressing his deepest hurts and longings. I cry out to you, God, but you do not answer. I stand up, but you merely look at me. You turn on me ruthlessly. With the might of your hand, you attack me. You snatch me up and drive me before the wind. You toss me about in the storm. I know you will bring me down to death, to the place appointed for all the living. 
Surely no one lays a hand on a broken man when he cries for help in his distress. Job's words are not carefully measured or censored, but passionate. He describes God as his enemy, as his persecutor, as unjust and uncaring. And yet amongst all the despair, there are glimmers of faith and hope. I know that my Redeemer lives. This is Job in chapter 19. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end, he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Job encourages us to pursue God, to hold on to him and to be real and honest with him about how we feel, to pray out of our despair and our anger and our disappointment. I've discovered that the reason that prayer is sometimes difficult when it feels stuck can be because I'm not being real with God. I'm not telling him how it is. Now, that's not the only reason that prayer can be difficult. There are lots of reasons why we struggle to pray. But I'd suggest that if you're struggling to pray, it's worth considering whether you are being real with God, whether you're really sharing with him what is on your heart. Any relationship counsellor will tell you that Burying your feelings, pretending that everything is okay, only leads to problems further down the line. Eventually, our relationship with another ceases to be real, to be alive. It can shrivel, it can even die. The same is also true of our relationship with God. Not being honest or real in prayer can lead to a cooling, a distancing, even the end of a meaningful relationship with him. And so just as with others, we must find creative ways of being honest and addressing difficulty. We must find creative and life-giving ways in our relationship with God. One such way is to discover or rediscover lament. Lament is a powerful and often overlooked biblical theme, which is there to help us sit well with our pain. Lament are those prayers in the Bible which express sorrow, disappointment and anger and other deep emotions. And they can be found in many of the Psalms, Jeremiah, Lamentations and of course Job. Laments encourage us not to rush out of our pain, but to sit with it. And they remind us that God is with us in it. Lament encourages us not to try to control or ignore our pain, but rather to lean towards it. And by so doing, discover that God can transform our brokenness. 
writing about the experience of losing his young wife at the age of 23, one man writes this. As I look back on those survival days, I remember the newfound appreciation I developed for the integrity and honesty of the scriptures. It was strange to me, but I began to experience a kind of holy connection, a recognition that the Bible made space for such outbursts of utter hopelessness and pain. Without rushing me from this place, the words of scripture rested on me and gave voice to my despair. Job then pursues God. He hangs on in there, and in his pursuit, he reveals a deep desire to know God, to find God in his suffering. And it's as he prays and pursues God with raw emotion and unflinching honesty, it's as he prays and pursues that Job encounters God. Now, I won't say too much about uh, Job's encounter with God because David is going to be looking at those chapters next week. But what I want us to notice, what I want us to notice this morning is how this encounter with God changes Job profoundly. Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, Job says. This is right at the end of the book. Surely I've spoke, I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Job's encounter with God brings him to his knees. His words are not begrudging acceptance. They're more like worship. This is not repentance for a specific sin, because that would run counter to the message that Job's suffering is not the result of something he has done. Rather, Job repents that in all his anger and his complaining, he has failed to consider both who God is and acknowledge his own human limitations. Job's encounter with God brings him up short and reminds him of just how great and powerful God is. It's so very tempting and very understandable that when we face suffering and challenge, our vision of God shrinks. Because he does not seem to answer our prayers or stop what is happening, we find it easier to put limits on God's power rather than live with the unanswered question, why? We lose sight of the God who works miracles because we find it easier to live with a God who can't intervene rather than with a God who can and seemingly doesn't. But this does us no good whatsoever. Reflecting on this in his excellent book, God on Mute, Pete Greggs says, ultimately, it is not comforting to abandon all hope of miracles by shrinking our view of God's power to the size of our own pain. Shrinking God's power to the size of our own pain. 
Living with unanswered prayer, I need a big God, an awesome and unspeakably amazing God, a death-defying eternal God, a God whose promises are certain, a God who has been there before and can walk with me and counsel me and pray for me and prepare a place for me and who can even make all things work together for good. Job's encounter with this awesome, unspeakably amazing God reminds him of God's might and power to act and also of the limits of his understanding. I spoke of things I did not understand, Job says. Surely I spoke of things too wonderful for me to know. We are obsessed with a scientific worldview which sees everything in terms of questions which need answering and problems which need solving. Job shows us that there are questions for which there are no answers this side of heaven and problems which human logic cannot solve. The book of Job, however, is not inviting us to abandon our reason rather reminding us that reason alone cannot help us understand the ways of God. God is not so much to be debated as to be encountered, not so much to be discussed as known. For divine rationality is beyond human reason and cannot be contained within the boundary of human logic. There is a freedom of action in God which we cannot hope to understand. At the age of 31, the 17th century French philosopher Blaise Pascal had an intense and powerful religious experience during which he wrote a note to himself which began, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, not of the philosophers and of the learned, certitude, certitude, feeling, joy, peace, God of Jesus Christ. And Pascal had this note sewn into whatever clothing he was wearing, which was where it was found uh, on his death in 1662. Pascal, like Job, had an experience of the living God, the God who makes himself known through personal encounter, not the God who served merely as the end of philosophical debate. Job's encounter with God doesn't answer his questions, but that encounter is enough for Job to be able to walk forward despite the logical gaps and untidy edges of his faith. And so can we. We can walk forward through COVID and the sufferings and challenges of life, knowing that if we pursue God, we will encounter him. He will meet us in our pain, in our questions, in our struggle. And as with Job, that encounter will change us and help us to keep going. Of course, I cannot guarantee how or when God will show up, how you will encounter him, how he will speak to you in your particular circumstances. But experience shows 
that he will. God is more powerful than we can imagine. Our understanding is more limited than we like to think. But we can walk through dark valleys, trusting that God will find us, that we will encounter him in our pain, and that our encounter of him will be and is enough for us to keep walking forwards.